Okay, we've seen it for a good month or more. The confusion and all of the tie-ups at airports really right across the country. And concern is now turned to what effect all of these scenes on the news and social media might be having on the tourism industry. Here's Beth Potter, president of the Tourism Association of Canada, who joins us now. Beth, good afternoon. Nice to have you back with us on the show. Oh, great to be back. All right. Your reaction to the scenes that we've all seen at Pearson and elsewhere lately? Um, it's disturbing. We are certainly, um, you know, not happy to see uh, the long lineups and, and certainly don't want that to be part of the travel experience for anyone. Yeah. Are you convinced that uh, some of the measures that have been taken as of late, and we were just talking about this uh, a few moments ago here on the show, this uh, new uh, beefed up, I guess, uh, passenger bill of rights, if you will, or, or laws that will entitle Canadian travelers to uh, refunds for extended delays, or these new e-gates that have been installed as of today at uh, Pearson. Are you uh, confident, are you convinced that any of these measures are going to help alleviate the problem? You know, I'm not sure yet, um, but we do know that, um, you know, using technology to try and, and streamline the process is certainly one of the uh, options that everybody is looking at, and, and not just here in Canada, but around the world. Um, and so, you know, we're watching what's happening in other countries as well as we're obviously going to watch what's, what's uh, the changes at Pearson very, very closely. All right. And as I mentioned off the top, of course, a concern, particularly for the Tourism Association, is the effect that this all might be having on summer travel and summer travel plans. Uh, just how concerned are you there at the association that uh, this could end up in a, a downturn uh, when it comes to business uh, for tourism and hospitality? You know, we're quite concerned. Um, we are seeing certainly domestic travel um, members uh, looking pretty good for this summer. Um, we certainly are not going to be back to 2019 levels, but um, they are coming back, you know, fairly strong. The international numbers are not, not yet. Um, and certainly, um, you know, our, our biggest international visitor, which is, you know, Americans coming across the border, whether for overnight trips or for day trips, you know, those numbers are down significantly still. Um, they're at least 50% down from where they would have been normally. And just to illustrate that a little bit for you uh, and for your listeners, now, if you think about driving across to the U.S., um, we've got those great duty-free stores um, at uh, on the Canadian side, and those stores would normally see about 50 buses, like motor coaches, of uh, folks coming across for day trips um, every weekend in the summer months. And right now they're averaging about two buses. Uh, and, you know, challenges with the arrive can app and challenges with um, the confusion around, you know, do I need to be tested? Do I not need to be tested? What's this about quarantining still? All of these things are keeping uh, folks away, uh, you know, and, and, and they're choosing to stay and um, travel within their own countries. All right. That is, I was about to ask you, is that the underlying reason there? I mean, forget the confusion at the airports. There's still, at this point, a lot of confusion when it comes to the rules regarding uh, COVID and the protocols, uh, procedures, the, the need to quarantine or not quarantine. All of that is, uh, you're, we're really seeing international uh, travel down 50% still? 50, like five zero, And that's the folks coming across the U.S. border by land. Um, our... Uh, international visitors arriving by other means, whether by cruise ship, by rail, or by plane, 
Uh, we're still down um, a solid 30% over what we would normally be down or what we would normally be at um, uh, and where we would have been at this time in 2019. So, you know, yeah, there is confusion. I was talking to um, somebody from CBSA who represents the um, the actual customs officers that, you know, stand in the booth, um, whether it's at the airport or, you know, at the land border crossing. Um, and um, they're saying that they are basically being... Um, tech gurus right now, and they're helping an awful lot of people uh, navigate the ArriveCan app. And, and we're really suggesting that, you know, it's not needed right now. Um, and, you know, perhaps we put a pause on that. Um, not to say that it's not a good tool uh, in the long run, but we need to have um, a system that is accessible for everyone, uh, regardless of your tech, your tech ability. I mean, the confusion regarding a COVID still, the confusion at the airports and add on to this, of course, the high fuel prices. Are we seeing, Beth, do you think kind of the perfect storm, unfortunately, for the tourism industry just at a time when they thought they were coming out of uh, COVID and maybe brighter days were ahead? Well, you know, you know and the other thing to add into that is that we are um, in, in a labor shortage like we've never been in before. Uh, we lost 15 years of employment over the last two uh, seasons and it um, has had a huge impact. You know, you, you, I'm hearing from even domestic uh, travelers who are willing to get in their car and put, you know, pay the price for the gas um, that they're having a hard time getting reservations. And it's not because places are full, it's they're full to the capacity which they have the staff to operate. Um, and that is not, you know, anywhere near 100%. And so there are lots of mitigating factors um, and, you know, quite concerned that uh, that these these higher prices on things will uh, delay uh, our, our return to where we were prior to the pandemic. Um, right now, we're looking at domestic back by the end of 2023 and international by the end of 2025. But, you know, these kinds of things can push those those dates out. Join, we're joined by Beth Potter from the Tourism Association of Canada. Beth, uh, do you think the Ontario staycation tax credit, let me ask you about that, uh, where Ontario residents, uh, if they have a staycation and, uh, you know, they go to a hotel, cottage or campground, they can claim 20% of their eligible accommodation expenses, they can claim that back on their taxes. Is that going to have a positive effect, you think, on uh, the tourism of this season, this summer? Well, we're really hoping so, and I know that uh, tourism operators are you know, reminding their customers about the rebates uh, to ensure that as many people take advantage of it as possible. Um, and you know, this is it, this is it, it was a needed boost uh, for Ontario, and and certainly we thought that we were going to have this staycation uh, 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 tax credit last summer, but last summer just didn't get off the ground the way that we'd hoped to. If you remember, we were all still dealing with um, lockdown issues and, and vaccine issues. So really hoping that uh, Ontarians take advantage of this program and, and exploit their promises on that. 
Yeah, just finally, Beth, what is your message to politicians or lawmakers? I mean, the staycation tax credit might help a little bit, but could the tourism industry use a little more help? We were talking earlier this show, earlier this afternoon, uh, about a gas tax holiday, something President Biden in the States is now uh, touting. Would something like that maybe help the tourism industry uh, as well here in this country? Uh, what's your message to uh, politicians? Well, we're, you know, Austin, I was who is our Minister of Tourism and Associate Minister of Finance, is in the process of developing a federal tourism growth strategy for the next three years. And so we are at a great time where we are providing lots of ideas uh, to the government on how they can continue to support in, and invest in the tourism industry um, so that we do uh, come back from this in a better way. Um, and so we're, we're continuing to, to have those conversations. But the one thing that, that, you know, the one message that we're saying loud and clear is we are the only industry left that still has restrictions attached to it. Nobody else has the same restrictions. Um, and so can we, let's look at the, you know, the equity there. Let's look at um, leveling the playing field and, and getting out of our way and letting us get back to business. All right. Got to leave it there. Beth, really appreciate your time and all the best to our friends in the tourism and hospitality industry in the upcoming summer season. Great. Thanks so much for the chat. You bet. Beth Potter is president of the Tourism Association of Canada. And we're back after this break. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 